0: It's wonderful to be in the Lord's house this morning. Good to see each one of you that have come to share with us in the services. And we thank God for you. And we pray that your heart will be touched and challenged by the Word of God today. Not what I say, but what God says. And we thank the Lord for the privilege just to be here today. I wanna invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter 6, just uh, two or three verses from that chapter. Would you stand with us out of reverence to the Word of God if you're able to do so? Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let's pray together. Thank You, Father, for the privilege to be in Your house today. Thank You for Your Word that You have placed upon us. Father, we pray today that your Holy Spirit will just move in our services today. May you be glorified, may you be magnified in all that is said and done. Father, may your will be done in each of our lives and teach us, Lord, from your word, how you would have us to live and help us, Lord, as your people, to live the way that your word teaches us to live. And Father, we pray that you will be glorified and magnified in and through our lives. Lord, we pray that if there's one in our presence today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that this would be that wonderful time that your spirit would move upon their heart and they would come to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, for those of us who know him and have gone astray upon him, Lord, may we return today. lord draw close to you thank you for your love thank you for your mercy thank you for your amazing grace that you've so abundantly bestowed upon us in jesus name we pray amen thank you be seated please i rarely preach upon situations that are happening But God has just burdened my heart this week. We see tragedy after tragedy, news reports after news reports of people taking guns and shooting people and several people being killed in this situation and that situation. And we wonder what's going on, why is all this happening? What's bringing all of this on? Some people says, well, the answer is to take everybody's guns away. But I wanna remind you, the first murder in the Bible was committed with a rock. It's not the weapons is the problem. It's the heart of man. I think Paul gives us the answer to this here in this chapter. We're reaping what we have sowed. Now give me some time to answer that question here today. What have we sowed? I want you to notice this passage of scripture. Paul first issues a warning. Be not deceived. The word "deceive" means to believe a lie. We first see the first example of this over in the early chapters of the book of Genesis, where God had made Adam and Eve and his likeness. He had put them out there in the garden and all they had to do was just take care of that garden. They could enjoy all of the fruits of it except for one tree that God said, don't partake of that fruit. But there was a character that came upon the scene there that day and we know him as Satan. He was in the form of a snake, a serpent. And the Bible tells us that the serpent deceived Eve. He came to her and said, has God said? You see, he's always asking questions like that. Has God said that you should not partake of that tree? Well, look, the fruit is so good, it won't hurt you. Just partake of it. And she did. And she gave it to her husband also. And when they partook of this, the Bible says that their eyes were opened. That means they began to recognize something had happened in their life. They began to recognize that they had broken God's only commandment that He would given to them. The result of it was that they were driven out of the garden and man had to begin to work and toil and all of those kind of things. And right on down through life, that sin that Adam and Eve committed back there in the Garden of Eden has come down through all mankind. You see, they were the father and mother of all human beings. We've all descended from them. And we've all become sinners in the same way that they did. Be not deceived, he says. And he makes another statement there. God is not mocked. Now the word mocked means to thumb your nose at someone. To not believe them. To not take them as something credible. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now listen to his statement here. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He brings into this conversation that he's having or this writing that he's writing to the church at Galatia. something that all of us know about. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I remember back to the early days of our marriage. We bought a little house and a little piece of property with it and we both loved to to have fresh stuff out of the garden. And I borrowed someone's tractor and plowed up a little piece of the property there and we began to make a garden. And Francis said, I want you to plant some okra. I love okra. Well, I love it too. I go down to the seed store and I get all the seed that I need for the garden. Come back and plant it all. And I planted two roads of that okra because we wanted plenty of okra. Well, the rains came, the sun shined and the seeds came up. I hoed that garden and I kept the weeds out of it and we had tomatoes, we had all kinds of cucumbers and those kind of things. But Those seed that I had sown for okra, the plants came up and they kept growing and they kept growing and they're getting taller and taller but I noticed there was no okra on it. But I just continued to let it grow. And along toward the end of summer, I began to see something growing on that. And I went out there and I looked, but it wasn't okra. It was cuckoo And I was too, too dumbfounded to cut the stuff down and burn it before those cuckoo got ripe. I just let it stand there. I was just disgusted with it. I went down to the seed store and I, I asked Jean Rose, I said, I bought some seed here from you that was supposed to be okra and it's cuckoo What happened? He said, well, I don't know. I said it said okra. But you see, I reaped what I sowed. I sowed cucklebur seed thinking it was okra and I got cuckleburrs. And all the time that we lived there I had to contend with those cuckleburrs every year because those seed got down in the ground and ultimately they would come up. And I'd have to go and chop and chop and try to keep those things out of the garden. I don't know if the person that lives there now has, still has trouble with them or not, we wouldn't doubt it. But I sowed something expecting one thing and I got something else. Now notice what he says. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. God's Word tells us that there's two kinds of reaping that goes on here, two kinds of sowing and two kinds of reaping. There is things that we sow to our flesh. What's he talking about, our flesh? He's talking about our human body, our human desires. Look back to chapter five there and let's begin to see what he says in verse 19 when he talks about the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these. And he rattles them off here. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, stra- riot, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, endings, murders, drunkenness, revelings and such like of which I tell you before as I have told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The works of the flesh. Paul says if you sow the works of the flesh, if that's what you do, that's exactly what you're going to reap. Well, what about our country? What about our nation? What about our church? What about our county and city and so on and so forth? What about our personal lives? It's all the same. Let me take you back and give you a little bit of history lesson. Sixty years ago, I graduated from Sweetwater High School. Things were different back in those days. The town shut down on Sunday and on Wednesday. Why? Because people were respectful of the Sabbath day. People went to church on Sunday and on Wednesday night. But it wasn't long after that, that Sunday became a business day. and the businesses started staying open on Sunday, and the church houses went empty. In 1962, I believe it was, 62, 63, somewhere along in there, we began to have rights in our nation buildings being burned, and those kind of things. And we began to wonder, what's causing this? People were being murdered, what's causing this? We began to sow to the flesh, you see. Read that, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings and such like. In 1960 was the year that Congress determined that the Bible would be taken out of our schools. Now get that, 1960, the year, two years before I graduated. In my earlier days in school, we would start every morning with someone reading a passage of scripture from the Bible and someone would pray. That was our normal way of starting the school day. But Madeline Mary O'Hare decided she was an atheist and she didn't want the Bible in schools. And she took it all the way to the Supreme Court. And it was ruled that it was wrong to have Bible reading in the schools, that it was wrong to have prayer in the schools. But I'll tell you, in the days before that, there was discipline in our schools. We wasn't having riots. When the teacher said, sit down, you sat down. When the teacher said, stand up, you stood up. There was peace and there was harmony among God's people and among the world. Fast forward a few years. 1973. The Supreme Court ruled that if a woman wanted to abort her baby because of what they perceived as a right to privacy, that that was okay. And abortion became a normal everyday fact of life. And it's gone on for all of these years. The last account I had in the United States, there have been over 62 million babies aborted That's 62 million people. We don't know how many presidents, how many doctors, how many lawyers and all those kind of things were among those. But today, we're having to bring in people from other nations just to try to fill the job market in our world. Today, we're seeing shootings in our schools and things and people wonder, well, why? Well, listen, when you tell people for 49 years that it's okay to kill a baby in the uterus, but it's not okay to kill somebody else, that just doesn't fly. So we're reaping what we have sown. We became a culture of death rather than a culture of life, and we're reaping death. It's come back to haunt us, hasn't it? works of the flesh are these adultery. That was the downbreaking of the home. Our homes began to fall apart. I went back into some of my old notes that I had made years ago in preaching. When I started pastoring in 1971, do you know what the divorce rate was in America? 30% in 1971. Among Christians, among those who were actively participating in their church services and living a Christian life, the divorce rate was 3%. 3%. It was almost unheard of for a Christian couple to divorce. Do you know what the divorce rate is now? 50%. Not just among the people that don't attend church, but even in our church congregations, one out of every two marriages have ended in divorce. What's happened? Our homes have been broken down. The structure that God gave of a husband and a wife and their children. And of raising those children to love and respect God and to respect their parents. You know, it is the Bible that says, children obey your parents. What have we got now? Our homes are broken. Marriages are broken. Families are broken. We're reaping what we have sowed. It's come back to bite us. You see, we've been deceived. Just because the Supreme Court says this or that or the other, does that mean we have to obey everything the Supreme Court says to do? When the Supreme Court has ruled that same-sex marriage is okay, what does God say about that? God made man and woman. God created man and woman in His image and His likeness. He gave man and woman to each other to form the family, to be the head of the family. And our families are broken. They're falling apart. You see, there's an old axiom about sowing and reaping. You reap, what you sow, you reap later than you sow, and you reap more than you sow. When I planted those seeds in the ground thinking they were okra, it never dawned on me that I would get a crop of cuckoo I was deceived, I didn't check those seeds out, I didn't have them analyzed to see what they were. I just took somebody's word for it and I planted them. But I sure didn't get what I thought I was getting. And there's a lot of people today, you look at society and you look at magazines and all of this other thing and it tells you it's okay to live any way you want to live. Just expose your body to this and that and the other. Take all the drugs you want and drink all the liquor you want and there's no consequences to it. You're being lied to. Don't believe those lies. There are consequences to every sin. Paul just says it this way, those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Does that mean God can't forgive them? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it means you continue on down that path. Far, far away from what God is teaching far, far away from what God wants you to be, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But he talks about something else here. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Notice the difference here. He that soweth to the Spirit. How do we sow to the Spirit? Well, just read on there in chapter five, verse 22. Paul changes the subject there. He's talking about the works of the flesh. Then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. We can sow to the spirit rather than sowing to the flesh. Remember, you're going to reap what you sow. If we sow to the spirit, you're you're gonna reap love. You're gonna reap joy. You're gonna reap peace you're gonna reap long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And no one makes laws against those things. Those are good things. Well, pastor, I, I live in this old body of flesh and I have all of these desires Yes, we all do. But we must overcome those evil desires with the Spirit of God. Look at verse 24 there in chapter 5. And they that are Christ, now notice, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, have put those old desires to death crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Yes, we live in a human body. Yes, we have those desires. And yes, we even sometimes get out of order among ourselves and we may do things that are not right. But what do we do? The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to get honest with God. We have to confess to God. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Now notice. Verse 9, and let us, let us, Paul is talking to the church there, let us not be weary in well-doing. You see, there's a tendency among God's people to get weary, to get tired. We're fighting an uphill battle, it seems like. we listen to the news and it's all bad and we wonder why why are people killing each other why are people hating each other why are people not loving each other and if we're not careful we'll be blaming god but it's not god we're it's it's because people have listened to the devil and they've been deceived And they've been fed a lie that if you want it, take it. If you don't like it, just kill it. That's not the way God tells us to do it. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you see there's that reaping later, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep on sowing to the Spirit. Keep on doing what God wants you to do. Keep on loving each other. Keep on having joy in your heart. Keep on having peace. Patience one another. Gentleness, goodness, faith. These are the things that bring you joy and happiness and harmony in your life. These are the things... will bring about that meekness and temperance that's the kind of people God wants us to be that's what God expects us to be that's the high goal that we're searching for and trying to reach pastor I've been sowing to the flesh so long How do I overcome that? The only way you can overcome that is through Jesus Christ. Through trusting Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And through allowing Him to cleanse you of all of those things. And allowing Him to set you free. There's a freedom in serving the Lord. There's a freedom. It doesn't mean you'll never have any more battles with that. It means that God will give you strength and God will give you power to overcome the things of the flesh. To overcome those lusts and desires that you know that are wrong. God will help you. But you have to trust Him. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God when it says all, it means all. Every one of us. We're all guilty. We're all in the same boat, so to speak, when it comes to being sinners. Somebody says, well, we're in church. We're, this is where all the saints come. Well, I hope all the saints came. There's some saints that are at home today. But what about we who are sinners? I want to tell you something, the church is like a hospital for sinners, we're all sinners. The church is not a place where only perfect people come, no. We're all broken in some sense of the word. We're all ashamed of things that's in our life that shouldn't be there. What about our nation? We're supposed to be a Christian nation. Yes, I agree. But for the most part, our nation has turned their back upon God. But church, listen to me. We're God's people. We're here because we want to be here today. We've come to the house of God to worship God because we love God or we need God or maybe both. We're not here because we think we're better than someone else. We're here because we know that we need God in our lives. And that we need God's help that we can't make it through today or tomorrow or next week without the Lord's help thank God he says he's a most present help in trouble well our nation's in trouble God's Word says if my people which are called by my name are you called by his name do you recognize him as your Lord and Savior. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. That means to break your pride. Pride is a bad thing. It's never spoken well of in the Bible. Always it's a a negative thing. I know in our society that pride is a wonderful thing. But not according to the Word of God. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, that means to turn back to God and begin to seek God's advice rather than the world's advice, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That term there, turn from their wicked ways, is summed up in the word repentance. That's what repentance means, to turn from your wickedness and turn to God. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Then notice what God says. I will hear their prayers. I will forgive their sins. Is that what you want today? You want God to hear your prayers? You want God to forgive your sins? He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we're willing to turn away from them. If my people which are called by my name Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and listen and will cleanse their land, make our nation whole again. It all starts with God's people, you and I. That's where it has to start. I don't expect Congress to do everything that's right. I don't expect the Supreme Court to do everything that's right. But I am gonna have to stand before a holy God one day. And I am going to give an account of what I did in my life. Did I overlook sin? Did I participate in it? Did I count it as a light thing? Or did I take it seriously? And do I see sin as God sees sin? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. God's not ignorant of what's going on. He's not mocked. You can thumb your nose at him if you want to, but in the end, God's gonna win. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You see, we wanna sow to the flesh and do all the things the flesh wants, but we want to reap life everlasting. It don't work that way. You reap what you sow. Let us not be weary and well-doing. Church, don't get weary. Don't get tired, don't give up. Keep on doing good for the Lord, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not, if we don't give up. That's God's message to us today. What are we gonna do with it? How are we going to respond? God's told us in His Word what He wants us to do. As we stand and bow our heads in a moment of prayer, God may be saying humble yourself and repent of your sin. Do that. There may be people here today who do not know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. It's all seems strange and foreign to you. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. He died for you on the cross and He wants to be your Lord and Savior. This would be a good time to come to Him today. Be a good time. repent of our sins and trust him as Lord and Savior you say well pastor I've been saved a long time I'm a member of this church I've been through the baptismal waters and all like that but I'm still struggling with things that I shouldn't be struggling with how can I gain the victory bring it to Jesus bring it to Jesus Humble yourself before him, confess it to him, ask his forgiveness and ask him to take it out of your life and to give you the strength to live for him every day. Father, take your word, sink it into our hearts today. And Father, may your Holy Spirit have his way in every life and in every heart that is here may you be glorified and magnified in all that is said and done in jesus name we pray